Hello, everyone, and welcome to a fresh edition of the Rainbow Skyline podcast, a podcast about the Denver Nuggets from your friends at The Athletic. I'm your host, Nick Kosmider, and we are back. Uh, the All-Star Weekend is over. I was in Chicago, frozen, frozen to the bone, uh, one degree when I landed in on Friday, uh, but got to see what was, I think, one of the coolest All-Star games that the NBA has had in quite a long time. Fantastic finish. I think the Elam ending uh, was just an awesome awesome addition that, that made the game a lot more competitive. Um, and uh, we also got to see Nikola Jokic be a, a seven foot cheerleader on the baseline during the most uh, exciting, exciting all-star game again in, in quite some time. Um, so we're going to get into a little bit to the all-star stuff. We're going to look ahead to uh, where the Nuggets sit right now, beginning the the post all-star portion of their season on Friday night in Oklahoma City and, and kind of just take a look at where the Nuggets stand down this, this stretch. Uh, but I got to introduce my guest. I am thrilled to have uh, my man Trip Stoddard, who, and I say this w- without any sort of, um, you know, exaggeration. I, I think is the biggest Nikola Jokic fan uh, that I've been able to find. And I wrote a story about Trip uh, last week, and it was called um, "That's Insane, But It's Your Face Inside the Bizarro World of Nikola Jokic's Most Passionate Fans." So if you haven't read it yet, go to theathletic.com/nuggets and find that. Um, but Trip, first of all, man, uh, thanks thanks for joining me. I really appreciate it. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm uh, I'm excited. <laughs> so so Trip is uh, you know for those who might not have read the story and and maybe you've probably seen him uh, if you go to Nuggets games or if you've watched national TV Nuggets games before. Uh, Trip is the guy that dresses up like the Joker, as in Batman's enemy: green hair, makeup, red lipstick. Um, you know the the whole nine yards and. Um, for those who didn't read the story trip, how did this how did this come about? How did you become that guy, the Joker, cheering on the Joker? You know, that's that is a good question. I think it, it probably goes to sleepless nights and just having too much time on my hands. And I think that one was mid playoff push last year. You know, two three a.m. Amazon on on the phone late at night and basically just oh my god, his nickname's the Joker. He's my favorite player. I could dress up like the Joker and, you know, shake my wife, say, baby, I've got this idea, explain the whole thing to her. And she just looked at me, you know, dead in the eyes, can just kind of make them out in the dark room. And she says, do it. I don't care what happens if you promise to go to bed right now. <laughs> yeah. And, and so and it was just it was just born born from there. And, and you did it. You, you first did it uh, a little bit before the playoffs last year, right? Yeah, I did a few few national TV games, wanted to make sure I tested it out because you can't go into the playoffs without a few dry runs, just making sure you are ready for the team. Yeah, and, you know, and so in this story, we talk about some of the, you know, just some of the obstacles that you had. And I don't I don't actually think I put this in the story. Maybe I just didn't find room. But when you first wore the costume to the Pepsi Center, you got um, you got locked down pretty hard by security, right? Because they had had they had had an, an instance where somebody else had previously worn this, but with a lot a lot less, um, I guess, uh, harmless intentions or, or a lot kind of a, a little more of a threatening kind of manner. Yeah, I think that's that's a good way to put it. You know, you're for the first time you do it, you're looking a little crazy and you're looking in the mirror. It's it's hard to recognize yourself <laughs> and walking into the arena. You're you're trying to like smile and be like, oh, I'm also, you know, not a crazy person. And there's some kids that are definitely not having a great time checking you out. <laughs> but you, you walk in and you're, you know, you're just having fun. And all of a sudden security surrounds me. And they're, you know, using their little walkie talkies to each other and all asking me these questions like, hey, like, what's your name? Like, can I see an ID? 
And I'm just saying this is an extreme protocol for someone that, you know, would just paint their face to go to the game, get escorted away from my family that I'm going to the game with. Uh, they bring me to kind of this back desk where I'm talking to the sheriff who's running my ID. And I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, like, is this normal? Like, if I, if I did blue and yellow, would this be the same protocol? These guys won't even speak to me, won't <laughs> laugh at any of my jokes. Finally, you know, the walkie-talkie comes in. And the guy's like, yeah, he's all right. It's not the same guy. So I'm sitting there going, you know, what do you, what guy, what do you, did someone else do this? Apparently a few months earlier, a guy had dressed up with uh, you know, Joker makeup, definitely not as well done as mine, but, <laughs> uh, had a few too many beers, a bit too much to drink. Who knows? Gets into a few fights, uh, sheriff, you know, stadium security comes over to escort him out and he just starts making crazy threats saying he's going to kill people, dropping F bombs you know, all this nonsense. So he's basically been, you know, banned from the stadium forever. In the first three or four times I do it to walk in, I just basically walk straight to the sheriff. I'm like, Hey, it's trip. <laughs> I, I'm not that guy. Like it's all good. Please just let me in without this thing. Probably took four or five games before finally like, ah, oh, that's just a crazy guy in 122. He yells at the refs, but luckily, you know, he doesn't tell stadium security is going to kill him. Right. You know, and it's not like it's not like Jokic's nickname is like SpongeBob and you walk in with that and everybody's just like kind of, oh, that's, you know, that's that's cute. Even though you're like, you know, just this sort of a gleeful, easygoing, fun loving fan. Um, the, the first glance is like, oh, this guy's this guy's intense. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, luckily, you know, the context definitely helps in Pepsi Center. Some of the rough times are the poor Uber driver that's coming to pick me up at the house. And they just see me come out of the house with like no context of what's going on on Wednesday. You know, one driver just drove off and said, you know, I just don't even want to deal with this. Cancel it on me. But there's a few people. Yeah, there's a few people that, you know, you get in and they're just saying, like, is there, you know, a rave tonight? Is, like, Comic-Con? What's going on? And, and you're just saying, no, no, Nuggets playoffs. Uh, you know, big, big Joker fan. Nice. Well, I, I'm probably going to ask you a little bit more about, about your story as we go on. But I first, you know, Nikola Jokic, um, you know, has this time in Chicago. And, and I think for him, the All-Star game, uh, the game itself doesn't necessarily suit his like skill set or, or really just suit his like on court personality. He is, he is the most sort of uh willing, I think in that kind of setting to just be like, I'll step back, I'll set guys up. I mean, half the time he would just inbound the ball and guys would be running down to the other end of the court, throwing lobs before he even had a chance to cross half court. So it was one of those situations where the game itself wasn't like tailor made for him, but I think he just uses it as this, as this time to kind of unwind, have a good time, um, make people laugh. And, and I thought he got a lot. Of, he said he got a lot more out of it this year um, than he did a season ago, maybe just because when it's your first time, there's just a lot more asked of you. I mean, he, he looked like he was just kind of, you know, kicking his feet up, which as a fan, I'm sure from your perspective, you're saying, good man, relax. We, we, <laughs> we got a long ride to go. Gosh. I mean, first let's take a step back. I'm happy. Yoke said it. Cause we all know he was the real MVP hit that three pointer was absolutely <laughs> robbed. It was a hundred thousand like, dollar shot. I mean, exactly. Yeah. It was, that's a, that's a charity shot right there. Uh, so definite, you know, MVP just absolutely robbed small market, whatever they want to call it. Just, <laughs> you know, we'll move on past that. But like you're saying, I think uh, I think this year he was a bit more comfortable, which was nice. I think last year there's just all the media events and he, he plays so much for the Nuggets. The guy's just a tank that I think sometimes he he really does look forward to his time off. 
but just, you know, watching the stories of him uh, this year, watching Instagram, just how much fun he was having. I think not only did he feel like he really did belong there, but he knew how to take it in and just knew how to have a little bit more fun with it. Yeah. I, I, I had a, um, I had a tweet while I was at all-star that kind of, uh, kind of got a ton of interaction and it was, I was basically recounting this conversation I had with him. Um, earlier this season, I was trying to put together a story that I've kind of, I, I, I don't know if it's going to see the light of day or not, but essentially asking every player on the nuggets, what they remember of the first time they dunked a basketball. And, um, you know, some of the guys aren't on the team anymore. And so now, now I got to ask new guys, so we'll see how it goes. But anyway, when I was asking Nicola, this it was on the road a few weeks ago and I say, Nicola, what do you remember of your first dunk? Uh, and he says, he says nothing. I don't, I don't remember it. Uh, and I say, do you remember how old you were? And he's like, yeah, I think I was 27. And uh, Nicole, of course, turned 25 yesterday. Um, so again, this is a guy that just, that's, that's just who he is. But in honor of his 25th birthday trip, what, what is it? You know, I wrote in this piece and you talked to me, I thought you had some great insight about what it is about him that, that makes him such a fan favorite that makes people gravitate toward him. Um, but, but let's kind of, I guess, micro it a little bit. And what are just, if there's a couple things, a couple moments, um, that stick out to you about him now that he's 25 years old, been, been with the organization, uh, gosh, since he was, uh, in 2014. So since basically since he was late teens, 20 years old, uh, what are just a couple of the the biggest moments that stick out? Man, you know, what's so funny about that question, and I mean this in a good way, is they really have blended together a little bit. And it just, he kind of went on this streak early on where you would just see these flashes of these passes. You know, it hit Sports Center or it hit Instagram. And, and you're just saying, how is a seven footer even throwing that, let alone in the perfect spot for somebody to, you know, finish a crazy dunk? And then he started to take over a bit more, started to become a bit more clutch. And I just feel like now you're thinking of his best plays and there's just game winner after game winner after game winner. And it might just be recency bias on my part. But when they were down to uh, down to seven men, you know, playing Utah a few weeks ago on just a game that almost I think as a fan, you try not to. But you look at you say that's a schedule loss. You know, we just we just don't have the team to, to really make this happen. How well they played and the fact that he hit that sambar shuffle, you know, one foot, one dribble, step back jumper for the game, even though it was, you know, 30 seconds remaining. That shot just to me, it really it felt like when you're just in, in the driveway with your friends at 10 years old, and you're saying, hey, look at this. Like, can you even believe I can do this? So that's probably even though it's recent, one of the ones for me where, you know, I just walked away from the TV. I just said, I can't even do this. <laughs> I cannot comprehend that a person can cannot not make that shot. It's that you take that shot, which is what still is just blowing my mind. Yeah. That, and and you, you said it, you know, I, I think uh, Michael Malone had that there was this um, there's this like serious XM show that uh, uh, Mike Krzyzewski does where he talks, he talks to other coaches and um, you know, I'd gotten like a, an email from, from a PR person at, at Sirius that, that showed me some uh, like an excerpt of this interview in which he's talking to, he's talking to coach K about, about Jokic and about, listen, this guy continues to get better uh, from a talent perspective. I mean, you talked about this, this, this Sambor shuffle shot that he's getting so good at, a lot of other things you see him do in terms of his offensive skill set is just kind of getting better and better. But but the thing that Michael Malone has talked about with Nicola uh, quite a bit this year, and you're really, I think, starting to see it over the last couple months. And he says, 
you know, in the, this, this was, this was Michael Malone talking to coach K, you know, in the past, if things don't go his way on the court, the referees, the calls, he wasn't always handling adversity the best way possible. And he has made remarkable jumps in that area. And to hear him in the huddles, to hear him in the locker room as a coach, when your best player is taking on that responsibility, now you're no, now, you know, your team has a chance to be great. If it was just me, we're only going to go so far. But when your great player takes that on, it is so satisfying and rewarding to see that growth and development uh, end quote. And again, that's on the basketball and beyond show with Coach K that I think is supposed to air um, thir- you know, later t- Thursday night. Um, so th- I, and I think, again, that that just goes to show what he's done is is something that I think from a coaching perspective, they're starting to see like, yes, this guy put up huge numbers in the playoffs last year. We know how good he is. But from a from a coaching angle, when you start to see that from your best player, that's, I think, when you start to raise your own expectations. Yeah, I mean, I, I 100% agree with all of that. And I think looking at you know, Jokic and, and how he's grown, but sometimes and I, I'm going to sound incredibly old here. I don't know what happened. I think it's when I had kids. But, <laughs> you know, when you're looking at Jamal and, and Jokic and MPJ, you're sometimes you're mad that they're reacting to the refs and that, you know, they're not completely composed and, and you kind of remember, you, you go, wait, like these guys are 20, like, you know, they're 22. Jokic just turned 25. And you just picture if I am in my early twenties, I've got <laughs> millions of dollars and I am now one of the best basketball players in the world. The thought that like a referee misses a call and I handle that, like I'm the one that's, you know, in row three that can barely handle my own reactions and I'm not involved in the play at all. So I think sometimes you take a step back and, what's rewarding is rooting for these guys and rooting for this team is you just seeing the growth in front of you. And it's really nice as a fan, just to see these guys kind of step into the roles that you always knew they could handle. Yeah. It's been remarkable. I think I, I don't know that I don't have the number exactly on me, but I think, um, I think it's maybe one or two technical fouls for Jokic all season long. Um, you know, last year he got ejected from two games. He got, uh, he got suspended for a game for leaving the bench. Um, and, and was, was also taken out of a few games just sort of mentally when he couldn't, when he couldn't fight through that. And, and so those are, those are things again, that's not going to be measured. It sounds cliche, but it's not going to be measured kind of in a box score or, or in an, any kind of advanced analytics that a guy is just choosing to be, um, a little bit more responsible for his reactions to things. And, and because he's the best player, that's the stuff that starts to carry to carry over. And you're starting to see that the, the positivity uh, is another thing that, that Malone says, listen, he he's the guy. He's the one now telling guys, listen, we're right there. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep plugging away. You know, we're going to get there. And, and that's again, it's something that he's had to work to. He, he, this is really the first year where we're fully seeing it. And, and it's been major. Um, OK, I want to spin forward a little bit now in the, in the last few minutes we have. And as a fan, so, so this the Nuggets are 38 and 17 going into their game Friday against the Thunder. They're number two in the West. Their record is tied for their best 55-game start in franchise history. Um, they have wins over over some of the best teams in the league. Uh, they were on a, on a nice run before the All-Star break, even with a lot of injuries. So as you look at this team now, Trip, as a fan, what do you need to see over these last 27 games that will, I guess, embolden your belief that this is a team that when the playoffs start – you know, can contend for the Western Conference Finals and maybe even beyond. Oh, that's that's another good one. I think uh, I think what I'm going to try to do here is not overreact, and that is tough because, gosh, <laughs> the last few years I feel like 
I have just overreacted on everything. You know, Malone, Barton, I have just had the worst takes ever. So looking at this season and, you know, this we're post-All-Star break, we're looking good, but what do we need to do? What I feel I'm seeing, and I hope I'm correct, is this team this season has really taken a step back and said, you know, our goal is not to make the playoffs. Our goal is not to make the second round. You know, we're trying to accomplish something bigger. And I think the truth is when you have that mindset, you – you're always looking at the bigger picture, which means sometimes you're taking off a game in the regular season. Maybe you're overlooking, you know, an under 500 opponent. And as a fan, you get so mad because you just, you, you want to go hundred percent every game. But what I really want to see with that mindset is, is, you know, when do we rest? Like if, if you got an injury, when do I take a few games off to make sure when these playoffs start, I'm going to be a hundred percent. So I really want to see that long-term view. And then I don't want to see them, of course, going to the other side of that and just overlooking everyone and thinking we're going to, you know, easily wear a shoe in. So we, we go on a big losing streak, but, uh, and in between with the big picture view and then just still trying to get there game by game. Yeah. It, that's, that's a really interesting point that you, you say, because Michael Malone sort of brought this up and uh, yesterday and he, he, he said, Look, we were after the Lost Star break last year. They just had 25 games this year. They have 27. But in those 25 games, they were 15 and 10. He said, that's not going to be good enough this year. If we go 15 and 10 and and how competitive this Western Conference is, we're going to fall a lot like I don't 15 and 10. I don't think it would fall them all the way out of hosting in the first round, but it would put them in a, in a pretty precarious situation. And so I, I think you're absolutely right. It's a balance of saying. Listen, we, we got to make sure we are healthy as possible. The guys are as fresh as possible. Um, but at the same time, you also have to have this this idea that we're going to be we're going to be sharp by everybody kind of getting in a rhythm playing together. I wrote this today. One of the things last year that the, that the Nuggets did not have when, when the playoffs started was a reliable bench. And it was interesting because of how well that group had played throughout the regular season. But when the postseason starts, you have to have guys that. Are very, can help you in very specific ways and, and can come in and, and be important in certain roles. And, and that's why I think the additions of Michael Porter Jr. and Jeremy Grant are going to be so major. So to me, that that's one thing I want to see as these final 27 games go is how can you find very defined roles for people, um, you know, those two specifically, but um, is Monte Morris more ready to take on a big role in the playoffs more so than he was a year ago. Um, is there room on the floor for Mason Plumley in the playoffs, or do you do you just play a lot more small ball when Nikola Jokic sits? Um, th- those are going to be the things that uh, that I'm curious about. Uh, what what about you? So I know you and your dad last year. You traveled to road games in both series. You traveled to San Antonio. Traveled to Portland. When you're looking at kind of the the you know the six through eight seeds of of the Western Conference, what's the what's the first round destination that uh, that you want to take the traveling Joker show on the road to? Oh, that's that's <laughs> another good one. I mean, I think it's it's hard because, of course, as a fan, you want to say how to, what's the best matchup? You know, where where the Nuggets look really good, it's but at the same time. Yeah, you know, if I'm if I'm buying a plane ticket and I'm putting a bunch of makeup on in a random city, they better have good food and in you know a nice nightlife. Yeah. So I, I hate to say it, but I think that might rule out Oklahoma City. You know, I, I don't I don't know if there's going to be any Oklahoma City listeners that are going to get mad at that, but uh, I think we actually match up okay with OKC. I think we match up okay with Dallas. Um, I think you know getting the one seed to take on somebody like a Memphis is going to be pretty tough. So I'm probably going to lean towards hoping that 
that first Southwest ticket is going to be a trip to Dallas to see, uh, you know, Jokic and Luka just going at it for the first round. Yeah, I think that would be an awesome series. They, they had a game a couple uh, about a month or so ago in Dallas that was just probably that was probably the, the second most exciting game of the year behind, as you mentioned earlier, the, the Utah game in Salt Lake, which was just mind bending. Um, but just in terms of like two teams that are that are pretty well matched, that play some exciting styles of ball um, and then have two young European stars who who could go at each other. I think that series would be a lot of fun. Uh, and I like that. I like that. I think the Nuggets um, have a favorable matchup there just because they're, they're two guys. Dallas struggles to close a little bit. And I think the Lakers game, notwithstanding the other day, I think that's that's one area where I think the Nuggets would have an advantage. So, yeah, that would be a really interesting series to see. I'm interested to see this game at Oklahoma City on Friday night. The Thunder just keep getting better. And, and that's a team that has has that veteran and Chris Paul has, you know, Gallinari, who, who Nuggets fans know well. So that, that could be another a, another matchup, um, you know, that, that we're looking at. But either way, you're not going to have to go all the way to China to, to see to see Jokic play a big time game this year. Gosh, yeah, that is. I'm going to be happy about that. There's something about those nice economy seats on that 18 hour flight that get a little bit uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. So if you if if you didn't read the story, uh, which I I suggest you do, if if you haven't if you're not a subscriber yet to the Athletic, uh, go to theathletic.com slash rainbow skyline that will get you 40% off and allow you to get all of our written content. It'll also get you access to uh, any bonus podcast episodes that we do here at the rainbow skyline feed. Um, but you know, my, my favorite part of that is just you getting there, you and your dad getting there, you've got the Joker costume on and, and people just think it's hilarious that you're dressed up on it. They have no idea why, why you're in that makeup. Just no. I mean, so first off, you know, the, the average Chinese fan over there is just loving it, but at the same time, so confused. So my whole life trying to be this like, you know, famous professional basketball player before I realized I'm, you know, lanky and six foot one and it just wasn't <laughs> going to work. I'm finally walking around and getting all these fans. You can't go 10 feet without, you know, a hundred selfies from random people. And they're just, they're just confused at the makeup, but seeing these other Serbians and they're so confused on why Americans have Serbia jerseys on. And <laughs> then it finally gets to it. And they're like, well, what is going on with the makeup and this very broken English. And there's just no way to explain to them because you're like, Oh, okay. Well, it's from this Batman movie. And you know, this costume, it's, it's this guy named the Joker. And they're like, that's awesome. So your favorite player is Jokic and you know, his nickname's a Joker. So I, I don't get it at all. And you're just saying like, okay, well I, I don't, let me, let me try to, okay. Americans were very bad at uh, other languages, right. and, you know, soft J's it's, it's new to us. So we couldn't <laughs> say Jokic and we, we just start saying Joker. And these Serbians are kind of laughing, but still confused. They're just like, man, Americans are crazy, but you guys are all right because you have Serbia jerseys on. And we're like, oh, okay, well, God, let's at least get another beer. Yeah, let's get some gelling, right? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, take take a gelling back, whatever it's going to take. That's fu- that's awesome. Well, Trip, man, I really appreciate you joining. You got to check, check out Trip's Instagram page because he posts pictures of of all these times he dresses up like like Jokic. He has pictures with um, Nicola's brothers who, who get a kick out of out of, uh, you know, both Tripp and his dad, Rick, uh, you know, just being such supportive fans. Um, it's Trizzy.Trake. So T-R-I-Z-Z-Y dot T-R-A-K-E. Uh, and that'll that'll be able to get you, uh, you know, just in, inside the mind of of Nicole Jokic's craziest fan. I mean, let's just say it like it is, right? <laughs> 
Uh, that is, yeah, it's dead on. No, I appreciate it. I mean, everyone too, absolutely subscribe to the athletic. It's, it's just my favorite nuggets content out there. And, you know, if I'm looking at even premier league or some international soccer, it's, it's got it all. And I love it. We appreciate you, man. All right. Well, that, that's going to do it for us. Uh, we'll be back next week with another episode and until next time, thanks for stopping by. Thank you.